Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to part two of the off-season. This time we're still talking about international rugby, so many things to cover. So let's just pick up where we left off, shall we? Yes. Oh yes, and of course I've got Melody Robinson and Liam Napier here. Mel, uh, one of the voices and faces of Sky Sports for years, and a former Black Fern. And Liam Napier, Ponsonby Under-85 Auckland Rugby Champion. Doesn't quite compare to a two-time world champion, but, you know, you take what you can get in life. That's right. Under-85s is competitive in Auckland. You're happy to name-check it, though. And obviously, <laughs> Liam writing for the New Zealand Herald Women's Rugby. Liam, it's just it's just an amazing watershed year for them. Especially, I think, you know, creating those those absolute superstars as well. Um, Portia Woodman, obviously, springs to mind. And what she did in that World Cup, just you know, it was just a magic highlight reel. Yeah, and sh- they've changed perceptions, haven't they? Um Mel mentioned the final and just the quality of that, but um, I think it's different this time because they've come back and they've had global recognition, New Zealand recognition, and they've also, um, it hasn't just subsided, they haven't just put it on the back burner and said, yeah, we'll talk about that next year. They've taken the cup around schools, they've been into communities, um, you know, spreading the gospel, and um, there's a real movement to um, to want to push and fund the Women's 15s game, and it's it's an interesting um, concept because when you compare it to the men's, it's almost a reverse where the sevens has led the way. Um, you know, they were the fully funded athletes. They were first on, um, you know, well, not the first, but they've um, been on television and in the papers and they've created their superstars. And now those sevens players have gone back to the 15s game and, and really, you know, pushed it again. So um these are superstar athletes that are um, world champions and um, it's great to see them finally you know, getting the recognition they deserve. And you're right, Portia Woodman is an international star. She is massive. People recognise her everywhere. My um, son wrote her name on his arm when he was at the World Cup and he had Portia on his arm, which was so cute. Aww. Yes, but you know, there's other players, uh, Fiatul Fatmaseli, um, even though Jeff Wilson stuffed her name up when he threw to her in the studio this year uh, yeah. she now is a household name that's right <laughs> um, amazing and she's a hooker and then you had um, uh, Itenu who was the prop she scored uh, a hat trick in one of the pool games yes from Tokoroa represent yeah. I mean she's amazing who would have thought that props would be famous as well and Kelly Brazier was another one who was classed through the World Cup that made the finalists on the World Rugby Judging Panel um, unbelievable sets up tries she's got a kick off both feet 
uh, uses her instinctive um, ability to analyse like at the drop of the hat. I mean, she's unreal. Um, that was the, the double pivot move as well. Um, was that controversial? Did the team buy into that straight away? What do you mean? Oh, sorry, Kelly Brazier. I'm getting my players mixed up there. We might have to... Who are you talking about? Sorry. I was talking about Kelly Brazier. Oh, yeah, no. I thought you they, they chose um, two first fives at one point. Oh, yeah, no, yes, they did. They they did have two first fives. Yeah, Victoria, Sabretsky and Afetali. But yeah. if you actually watched her play, she actually played more like a flanker because she ran it all into contact the whole time because she was really big and powerful. So, um, no, it wasn't controversial that they put those two players together at all. Yeah, because it was uh, the style of play. I think when you looked at every single backline move, almost invariably clicked, Mm. you know, and it's hard to see that at any level of rugby accuracy. Best thing about that was beating England. Mm. A team of, uh, well, during the tournament anyway, fully paid professionals. Yeah, since February. But then I've talked to the Players Association since then and they looked at New Zealand Players Association, they looked at those contracts and some of the girls were only on £6,000 for six months. So that is not really a professional contract. So that's not what they want to do with New Zealand Rugby Union. How are they going to make it professional, though? Where's the money going to come from? You've got to get investors. Uh, I know there are a couple of companies that are interested now. I won't say who they are, but you'll find out. Um, Yeah, investors, uh, maybe Sky Television might have to um, think about that new competition as well. Don't know. Just putting it out there, Richard Last. <laughs> well, you can go and see him in the office after this. I know, he's in the office next to me. <laughs> um, I actually reckon the, that when you see the New Zealand uh, Rugby Union uh, board members travelling around the world and hanging out with Prince Harry at, at Twickenham and stuff, that it does feel a little bit wrong that you can't um, fund yes. <laughs> rugby, you know, women's rugby. Neil Sorensen said to me he went to the VIP uh, dinner on the eve of the Women's Rugby World Cup final and he showed me a photo and there were about 40 old um, Caucasian men and two women. And he yep. goes, what's wrong with this picture? Yep, exactly. Mm. And I'm, I'm not trying to call them out. I mean, some the, I've got mates who are on that board and they probably hopefully won't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but they, uh, it, that, that just doesn't, doesn't sit well. You can't really say that you're doing everything you can yeah. because you don't need to be there, to be honest. Well, they sent Brent MP over for the for, to Ireland, but that was great because the, the girls um, totally charmed him and he realised that 15-a-side rugby is worth investing in, so great move. Um, and you know what? We haven't even talked about the other cool story with women's rugby, and that was Canterbury women winning their first ever Farah Palmer Cup, playing really beautiful, expansive rugby with this very young team um, that had been together for a couple of years, uh, but you know, former captain like Melissa Rusco was the uh, co-coach there and did a great job. So um, I was really proud to see that uh, my old province took it out. When you when you talk about commercial commercialising the game, um, it's hard to think of a better brand to be associated with as well. When you, you've got two world champion teams, um, you know, um, a rich story about you know girls like uh, Salika Winiata who's adopted her nephews and, and took them to the World Cup. Um, you know, no off-field scandals that we're aware of and compare it, you know, when you compare it to the men. Um, and, you know, that eight-week competition that Mel's talking about is going to be potentially in summer. It's going to have its own window to breathe. So, you know, all these things are building momentum and, you know, finally um, starting to happen for them. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, on Craggers Wild, I sort of called out, um, who was it, Sanitarium on here, saying, <laughs> well, come on, you know, you're, you're a massive company, uh, 
as it, that sort of operates as a charity, is it, or mm. some kind of you know? So there's a lot of money there, and you don't have to worry about shareholders. So with all of that extra money, um, just just adopt the you know the black ferns. Well, I hope that they don't have they don't get a tampon sponsor. Uh, well, <laughs> do sanitarium? No, some of their products. No, I don't, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think you know. You could go with any of their products. Is, and it, is it Wheat Bix or who, who does the pull-out cards? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. yeah, Wheat Bix Triathlon, New Zealand Sport wants to put money into community sport. This is community sport. Let's go. Sanitarium. Mm. Um, um, it's also... Uh, Coxton Fizz will give them a buzz, eh? Yeah. Good. Well, while you're down in, yeah. in the NUA, why don't you just put in a word for them? We're going to just quickly move on to Sevens because this is going to be an international... Uh, um, portion of this podcast and so let's talk about sevens mel starting with the women because sarah goss was obviously went from sevens to 15s but um how was that team that sevens team operating now it, oh, it was great to watch the side this year because uh usually sarah goss was a person that would stand out but instead it was other players that stood up ruby tui for me she's the player that i selected as my number one for um world sevens player of the year because uh, she's a prop, does all the nuggety work, yet still gets great tries, really aggressive, and she was the one that stayed with the Sevens team the entire season. So when their um, girls like Portia Woodman, Sarah Goss, Kelly Brazier left for the 15-a-side campaign, she was one of the leaders. Same with Tyler Nathan-Wong, uh, took, over the, took over the captaincy. Uh, and just some of the new young girls coming through, like uh, Alan Bunting's doing a great job. Uh, he's got this tikanga Māori uh, culture thing with the side that's resonating really well with them uh, and they're all growing into great leaders really so and they beat Australia you know they took them out the entire season I think they only dropped one game the entire season I mean that is an amazing comeback from the previous uh, year before the Olympics where they weren't doing so well. Yes and um, I mean it was a huge bounce back wasn't it the, the, now for the men's team they've almost had the classic clean out of every, everybody uh, and then the coach I felt sorry for Scott Wardroom who's the classic in-betweener coach and uh, he had to choose players who were fairly raw and they're starting to look good now which is nice for the, for the new coach the Scottish bloke Laidlaw sorry the Scottish bloke <laughs> professional and um, yeah how do you, what, what do you make of that men's team Yes, interesting, isn't it? They, um, we were so accustomed to the new, the men's team dom- being dominant for so long, Com Games, you know, World Series, um, they just won everything. They were, you know, it was them in Fiji and Fiji and nobody else. And um, it came back to the pack in a massive way, and and it was a real reality check. The Olympics and the and the fight. Um, I think New Zealand rugby butchered that in terms of not releasing the right players and. And you know they said one thing publicly and and not and didn't do another behind closed doors. Um, Titch moved on, and then you had Scott Waldrum coming, and he's on a wee bit of a hiding to nothing in a way because you know you're on an interim basis waiting for Clark Laidlaw to come back from London Irish, and um, so that was a really difficult year. They struggled in a big way, and then um, Clark Laidlaw's come in, and they're, they're starting to um, set up in the mounts and. They're there pretty much full time, so that's made a big difference. And uh, this year they've they've gone well. They made the final. They um, knocked off the the Bizbocker and um, in the semi final in, in Cape Town and won that tournament their first for 21 months. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they go from here. But um, obviously Laidlaw's made some some pretty big shifts straight away, and 
It's pretty interesting. He, you know, he's the first sort of foreign coach. He grew up um, going to Murrayfield and watching his old man halfback and his cousin is Greg Laidlaw, the um, Scottish halfback. So, um, yeah, interesting that New Zealand rugby's opened their doors to to a foreigner. It's pretty um, pretty rare, isn't it? It is. Um, he hasn't done a bad job at all. I mean, I know that also, um, just on a side note, coaches, seven coaches like Sue Gordon Titchens hate sugar and carbs and they'd grab your bottle of Foxton Fizz and smash it on the pavement <laughs> in front of you. I'm pretty sure Titch went around taking cheese out of sandwiches as well. Did he do that? No oh, cheese, no I'd, ice cream. I'd hate a coach like that. I, uh, I, I used to like Daryl Suosua, but we went to Hong Kong Sevens, the New Zealand team, one year. And at the end of the tournament, we still have a day to watch the men's. And he said to me, if you drink one drop of alcohol, you'll not get selected for the Black Ferns. And so all of my teammates got really drunk around me, and I wasn't allowed to drink any. And he had his binoculars trained on me the <laughs> entire time. It really? sucked. That does suck. Are you going to tell us the backstory as to why you weren't allowed to drink? I might be a little bit mischievous at times. <laughs> oh, hey, do we have enough time in this podcast for a Melody Robinson backstory? Uh, apparently, Glenn Osborne had told him that I was on top of a bar somewhere and that I had dropped my trousers and everyone saw my butt, and that was the reason he said I wasn't allowed to drink anything. Yeah. That's all. So everyone saw your Nothing. butt? And yes. this is before social media, so that yes. photo is not circulating. <laughs> or is it? Nothing, no. It's normal uh, um, behaviour. <laughs> I think that's, it yeah, feels right, like yeah. a good end to, to this podcast, oh. this, this series. Just don't that, forget about Com nice. Games and Sevens World Cup. Yes, okay, yes. we're moving forward to Sevens World Cup, which is in San Francisco, is it? San Fran, I'm going to that. Very exciting. Yes. Looking for World Rugby. When is that? Uh, so that is July. Okay. Um, and After the Com Games. Yeah, then. Com Games, April. I had to pull that out of that because that's on TVNC, but that's fine. Um so I think Australia are the New Zealand girls' biggest competition again. They've got their squad back up, looking good. All these young girls have finally started to get confidence in that side. And Tim Walsh is a really good coach, so it's going to be a real big battle. Nice. And on the men's side, I mean, we need to keep, I guess, um, Karoya's in there. Ralvovo looks amazing. And uh, Joe Weber. Uh, this is the, these are sort of crucial components. We can't have any disruption because it's just, I mean, it is World Cup year. Yeah, massive year. Scott Curry's back as well, and um, he's, you know, the glue to that team, a, a guy that's sort of built like a back. and Very handsome. <laughs> plays he is like a handsome. Oh, he's very handsome. Yeah. <laughs> I Why always, don't they use I, him in advertising? I don't, I know. They should. He's way better than DJ Forbes. Yeah. He's ripped too. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Liam. Yeah, no, I was I'm just getting over the the image of Mel's butt, but you know, now yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking about uh, Scott. Yeah, Scott six pack <laughs> getting carried away. Yeah, it's quite hot in here now. Yeah, it is actually it's a bit steamy. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's important to have all those all those guys who you consider are your frontliners because without them, I don't think they'd medal now. It's so competitive. Yeah, and um, you know they've started the year really well, and important to to capitalise on that. And you've uh, the Com Games. You know we've had great success there, but. Um, with uh, Fiji's success in the Olympics and, and South Africa setting the bar. Um, and it's incredibly competitive. You know, there's probably eight to ten teams that could genuinely knock each other over on any given day. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they come together. And, and it's nice to see them bring through a playmaker like, like Kuroi and um, um, even watching him go around and I'm pretty sure he played for Otago in the uh, Mauritian Cup. You could see that he had something about him there. So... Um, yeah, nice to you know that playmaking role is so important, and we've sort of struggled to fill it. So um, he's doing the business at the moment. Did you guys get any merry Christmases from any rugby players or rugby personalities? 
No. Nobody? No. I, I got a T-shirt from Eden Park. That's right. I saw that on yeah. your desk. What about you? Um, I got an email from Brent Gosper. I thought that was quite cool. Brent Gosper is the... Brent, Brent Gosper. Brent Gosper. CEO of World Rugby. I was Oh, okay. Well that. done. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe he, he, he's got the picture. <laughs> he has. He received it. Yeah. He's got a great hairdo, eh? It would have been from a Polaroid. It's like a hard copy of Mel's bum uh, atop a bar somewhere in Hong Kong. Look, um, I think that might probably is a good full stop to this, this uh, session of uh, international rugby for the, uh, the off-season. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Liam. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.